Amen. Amen. Um, one thing we neglected to do this morning was uh, give a welcome to uh, Joaquin Perry as our music leader today. So let's, let's give him a, a hand and a thanks, a thanksgiving. Thank you, brother, for being with us today and leading us into the house of praise. Uh, God is with us, and uh, so good to see the Lord lead us and guide us by His Spirit and provide just what we needed today to come into His house and give Him praise. I mentioned a moment ago, if you would open your scripture to John chapter 4. John chapter 4, our scripture will be beginning, not the whole chapter, that was last week. Joel had, the whole, Joel, Joel had most of the chapter last week, but today we're just going to be at the end of chapter 4, beginning at verse 46. Before I begin there, I want to ask you a question. Have you ever experienced excellence? Have you ever actually seen it? Have you seen it maybe uh, in your own life or maybe uh, out there in creation you've seen excellence? Or maybe in the fields of science and medicine you've seen excellence? Or perhaps in the field of business or in a local small business you've seen excellence and you, and you looked at it and you said, that is not just good, it's not just very good, it's what? It's excellent. Maybe you've seen it in the field of entertainment when you've experienced a movie or a film or a play and you've said, that was excellent, or a or vocal performance, and you say, man, that was amazing. It was better than very good. It was excellent. Now, some of you guys got interim report cards this week, and, and, I, and I hope that some of you saw those, those excellent grades, those A-plus grades. I know that when I was in college, I, I rarely ever saw the A grades. When I was in high school, I made A's, but in college, it was a different game. It was a different game. So I hope some of you have seen those excellent grades, or at least you've heard about them, that they're, they're out there. Excellence. Have you experienced excellence? That's the question before us this morning. We begin by looking again at Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. And you don't need to turn there, but I'll just read it for you. Philippians 4, verse 8, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things and put them into practice. God's Word. And this, of course, is our whatever sermon series that we've been going through. What do all of these qualities, truth, what is pure, what is lovely, and today, you guessed it, what is, come on now, what is excellent? What is excellent? We look at so many experiences of excellence, and I want you to realize that all of those experiences of excellence in all the different fields and all of the different experiences that you've had, they are all designed to do one thing. They're all designed to point up. Every experience of excellence that you've ever had, and we're going to talk about some today, every experience that you've had of excellence is designed to point us to God. Every experience of excellence is designed to point us to the excellent one. Like, just like that song that, uh, that Q played a minute ago, how excellent 
is thy name in all the earth. And I want to break into song, but I'm not going to. Maybe, maybe later. So the question is, how can we experience God's excellence? We've experienced it in life, right? From time to time. We've even done excellent things. But how can we experience God's excellence? Well, today we're going to read about a man who came face to face with God's excellence. And so let's read about it here in John chapter 4, beginning at verse 46. This is God's word. Let's stand together as we read God's word. John chapter 4, verse 46. So he came, that's Jesus. So Jesus came again to Cana in Galilee, where he had made the water wine. And at Capernaum, a nearby town, there was an official whose son was ill. And when this man heard that Jesus had come from Judea up to Galilee, he went to him and asked him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. So Jesus said to him, unless y'all see signs and wonders, y'all will not believe. Now you notice I changed a word there, right? We'll explain that later. Verse 49, the official said to him, sir, Come down before my child dies. Jesus said to him, Go, your son will live. And the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and went on his way. And as he was going down, his servants met him and told him that his son was recovering. So he asked them the hour when he began to get better. And they said to him, Yesterday, at the seventh hour, the fever left him. And the father knew. That was the hour when Jesus had said to him, your son will live. And he himself believed in all his household. This was now the second sign that Jesus did when he had come from Judea to Galilee. Let's pray together. Lord, we pray that you would speak to us through your word. You would fill us with your spirit. You would make it plain to us, Lord. Help us to understand whatever it is that you're saying to us today, Lord. Help us to understand how we can experience excellence in you. God, give us ears to hear. Our ears are so stuffy with the things of this world. All of our distractions, all of the things that that make us frustrated during the week. God, we pray that you would cut through the noise today. And you would speak to us clearly. Call us by name today, we pray in your powerful and matchless name. Amen. Amen. Be seated. As we look at this story about the official and how he, how he engages with God's excellence, we're going we're gonna to take a look at five steps that he goes through. All right, five steps that he goes through and that you and I can follow. You and I can go through these five steps in order to experience God's excellence. All right, the first step is this go to Jesus. Let's look again at verses 46 and 47. So Jesus came again to Cana in Galilee where he had made the water wine. And at Capernaum, there was an official whose son was ill. When the man heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went to him. He went to him. 
the first step in experiencing God's excellence is to go to Him. To go to Jesus. You see, Jesus had been traveling, remember? He had gone down to Jerusalem, which was the capital city, the big city, the New York City of Israel in the day. He had gone to Jerusalem and he had met with lots of different people. He had met with uh, one of the Pharisees. Do you remember his name? It starts with an N. Nicodemus, right? He met with Nicodemus. And what did he tell Nicodemus? You must be born again. Right? And then Jesus left Jerusalem for Passover and he's traveling north. But instead of going around Samaria, as we learned last week, Jesus said, nah, we're going through Samaria. And why did he go through Samaria? Because there was a scandalous woman that he wanted to meet. There was a woman of Samaria that, that was getting water at a well in the middle of the day. And Jesus said, I want to meet this woman. And, and he said to her, woman, I have water that you know nothing about. Drink living water. And she does. She drinks the living water. Her life is transformed. Her sin is forgiven. All of the guilt and the shame that she carried was cast aside. See, Jesus met with a Pharisee, a Jewish leader, and then he went to meet with a sinful Samaritan woman. And now he's moving up into Galilee in the northern part of the city, and now he's meeting this official. And this official is a Gentile. And that means he's not a, a, a Jewish person. He's, he's not a Samaritan person. It means he's, he's of the world. He's, he's out there. He's a Gentile. He's not connected in any way, shape, or form to the God of the Scripture. Except in his job. And do you know what his job was? He was working for the man. You see, this, this, this official was working for the, for the Roman king. He was working for the Roman king. He was, a, he was an official in the court of the king of Rome, the enemy of God's people. And this official was living in a, a village called Capernaum, and it was about 20 miles from Cana. About 20 miles from Cana, and, and, and this official was working for the Roman government, and he was used to excellence. Right? In his life, he was used to excellence. He was used to everything being in order because, trust me, the Romans did everything in order and in excellence, except for how they treated people. But this Roman official, he got to the point where he couldn't, his excellence could not handle his situation any longer. He got to the point where his son was so ill that he says he was at the point of death. And so he needed some excellence that was outside of him. He needed some excellence that was found only outside of him in God. And so where did he go? He went 20 miles by foot to a little town called Cana where this man had turned water into wine. This man who people were saying was a prophet. This man who people were saying, I think he's from God. And I think he has the power, maybe, to heal your son. Things had gotten so bad for this Roman official that he went to a Jewish prophet, people that he despised, in order to, in order to get help, in order to go to him. And that's the first step, is to go to Jesus. Friday morning, I was driving on my way to meet someone for breakfast. And as I was driving up, uh, the road here in Orangeburg downtown, um, as I was driving, I was coming up a hill, and suddenly the sky 
just opened up in front of me. The sky just opened up in front of me. This is a picture that I took. And I was just blown away by how excellent the beauty was right in front of me of creation. I mean, the colors were just spread across the sky. And the, the picture just doesn't even do it justice. But you know what I had to do? I had to stop. I had to pull over into the median. This is at 6.55 in the morning. I pulled over into the median, and I'm just looking at it. I'm just taking it in. I just paused to look at this excellence before me. And I pulled out my camera and took some pictures and sent it, put it on Instagram. It's what we do, right? We, we post excellence on Instagram. That's why Instagram is skewed, right? Because it's only things that are beautiful and good. But that's a different sermon. As I'm looking at the excellence, I, I had to pull over. I had to stop. And you know, I think there's a lesson in that for us. When we recognize that Jesus is the truly excellent one, that God is the truly excellent one, and we see it, sometimes we just keep moving. We just keep driving. But what God wants us to do is go to Jesus. He wants us to stop. He wants us to pull over in our life. He wants us to, to actually work Him into our schedule. No, I don't have time for reading my Bible. I don't have time for praying. Do you know how busy I am? Yeah, I do. I do know how busy you are. I know how busy I am. I didn't have time to stop for that, for that sunrise. But why did I stop for it? Because it was excellent. It was excellent. And see, if Jesus, if we get a picture for how excellent he is, then it's going to be easier to stop and go to him and look to him and, and receive from him his excellence. So brothers and sisters, boys and girls, find time. Make time. Make room to go to Jesus. That's the first step. The second step is found in verses 47 and 49, and it's this. Ask for help. Let's look at it. Verse 47. When this man heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went to him and asked him, to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. So Jesus said to him, Unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. And the official said to him, Sir, come down before my child dies. He asked him for help. You know, this official, he, he was an outsider. Right? He, he didn't really know Jesus like that. But he had heard some things. And he took a risk. He traveled 20 miles. He was desperate. But he went to him, and he didn't just go to him and just expect Jesus to know what's going on, but he actually asked him for what he needed. Did you see that? He, he asked him to come down and heal his son. He asked Jesus to travel back to Capernaum with him, to be present and to lay his hands on his son and heal him. That's what he's asking him to do. He's asking him to come down. And Jesus responds in a really strange way, doesn't he? He says in verse 48, So Jesus said to him, Unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. Now that's kind of rude, seems like, right? <laughs> it's like, seems kind of rude. That's why when I was reading it earlier, I said, y'all, 
Because this word you in English is hard to know. Is he talking to this guy or is he talking to the people who have gathered around to see what's happening? See, Jesus was talking to the crowd. He's speaking to the man, but he's actually speaking to the crowd. And we only know that because we know this word is plural. Y'all, basically. Southern English is great. We have this word, y'all. And so he said, Jesus said to him, the man, unless y'all see signs and wonders, you will never believe. See, Jesus is addressing an issue. People were following him and seeking him because they were looking for power. Not to give glory to God, but to build themselves up. You see, they wanted to overthrow the Romans. And here's this Roman that he's talking to. And Jesus is not talking to him. He's talking to the crowd. And he's saying, y'all want signs and wonders you'll never believe. And it's like he's, and then he turns back to the man, right? And this is how we know he's not talking to the man. Because he turns right back to him. And the official says to her, sir, come down before my child dies. And Jesus answers him later. I'm going to read that in a minute, what he says. But he turns back to him and he deals with the man who's in front of him. We need to ask for help. And like this official, we need, to, we need to not just ask for help, but we need to keep asking. Did you notice he did it twice? He asked twice. Uh, man, it's not like God is hard of hearing, okay? But God wants to know your motive. What are you here for? Are you here just so you can, you know just so you can have some power, so you can get something out of it, so you can be so great? Or is this really about glorifying God? Is this really about other people? Is this about loving? Or is this selfish? Because honestly, a lot of our prayers are selfish. They are. I mean, I'm just being straight with you. A lot of our prayers are selfish. And so he asks twice and he says, Sir, I mean, he is begging him. He says, unless you come, he's gonna, my son's going to die. Unless you come down, my son is going to die. He persists. Back in the 80s, my mom was diagnosed with a rare condition called Cushing's disease. She was living in a small town in Mississippi called Yazoo City, Mississippi. All right, this is like as country as it gets. Y'all think Orangeburg is country? Yazoo City, Mississippi is country country. All right, small rural town. Mom starts to have these symptoms. The local doctor doesn't know exactly what it is, but the local doctor was wise enough to seek outside help. And so the local doctor sent her to the state doctors, and the state doctors were like, we think we know what this is, and ultimately they went to the Mayo Clinic. And the Mayo Clinic is, is the, probably the best hospital in the United States. It's in Rochester, Minnesota. They went and they asked the Mayo Clinic, what is this? And they were able to define it because they had experience with it, because they have an excellent program there. It's the top of the top. It's the best of the best. And so my mom was able by God's grace, to find out that she had this Cushing's disease, which is a pituitary tumor. And the pituitary gland, some of y'all know, is right in the middle of your head. Like if you could draw a straight line from here to here, it's right in the middle of your head, right below your brain. Really hard to get to. And so she had to go to Rochester, Minnesota, to the Mayo Clinic in order to have a surgery 
to save her life. She had to go to an excellent physician in order to have the life-saving surgery that she needed. She had to experience excellence. And you know, when it comes to our own lives, when it comes to experiencing uh, shame and guilt, and when it comes to experiencing pain and loss, we need to be healed too, don't we? And God says, come to me. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You see, see, there's lots of quick fixes out there, right? There's lots of lesser doctors who you go to like uh, eating snacks late at night. Okay, that's me. <laughs> right? Because it makes me feel better for a minute. Right? And then, then I feel bad because I, I ate ice cream at 12 o'clock at night. That didn't happen last night, by the way. <laughs> or maybe it's something else. Maybe it's, you know, going and having an illicit relationship. Maybe it's go into drugs, maybe it's going to alcohol, maybe it's something more uh, consequential that we all deal with, okay? Because we go to lesser doctors. But God says, no, come to the excellent physician. Come to the excellent physician to ask for help. And brothers and sisters, we have to get to the end of ourselves. We have to see that these things are not working, that they're, they're never going to bring healing or satisfaction to us. We got to get to the end of ourselves, right? We got to be like this royal physician who travels 20 miles or across the country in order to say, Jesus, help me. I need your help. I'm at the end of my rope. I can't do it. And every single one of us has to get there. If you're five years old or if you're 80 years old, you got to get to the end of your rope. Go to Jesus, ask for help, and the third step is this, believe what he says. Look at verse 50. Jesus said to him, go, your son will live. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and went on his way. The man believed the word that was spoke to him and went on his way. Now, I want you, before we get into this, I want you to think about what he didn't say. What did the man ask for? What did he ask for? He asked Jesus to come with him and go down to Capernaum, right, and to go and lay his hands on his son and heal him. But what did Jesus say? How did he answer? He just said, go, your son is healed. He didn't answer the man's request. Exactly. Right? He didn't, he didn't answer the man's request exactly. He says, go, your son will live. I mean, I, I, I would be like, well, okay, great, that's great, but come on, come with me. Right? He doubles down and he says, no, you're not, God, you're not going to do it your way, you're going to do it my way. See that? God, you're going to do it my way instead of me submitting to your way. But think, that's not what the official does. The official, this Gentile, he, he says, all right, I believe. And he went on his way. He trusted the word of Jesus. 
who he hardly knew. You think maybe God's spirit was working in his heart a little bit to give him that faith, to believe, to put his trust, to put his weight on Jesus, to put his whole life on him? Have you done that? Have you put your full weight on Jesus? Have you put your whole trust on him? Have you believed his word is true? The word of the gospel, the word of the good news that Jesus lived and died for you? And that all of your pain is taken away and now he gives you a new life? A new life with purpose and where you can pursue things like excellence without guilt or shame of failure? Believe his word is true. And this man does it. He stands on his word and he says, I believe what you're saying. Because you have to believe it to experience it. (laughs) Let me say that again. Don't miss this. You have to believe it to experience it. You know, you can't just go to church and have an experience without faith. Faith is what connects us to Christ. It's what connects us to God. It's when we put our... Faith is not just head knowledge. It's not just knowing the facts about God. It's about putting your life on His shoulders. I've given the example before of of a dad throwing his kid up in the air. You know, it freaks moms out. Have y'all seen this before? A dad will like pick up the child and throw them, or an uncle will throw the child up in the air and the child's up there for like 10 minutes and then they fall back down and, they, and he catches them. And if you look at the, I have a great picture, I didn't put it in my slides today, of, of Robbie being thrown up into the air when he was like four years old and his face is just like, like complete and utter trust. Like he has no doubt that his dad is going to catch him when he comes back. That is what faith is. Faith is, is totally putting your life in Jesus' hands. It, it, it is turning away from all of the other doctors, right? That's part of it. It's turning away from those other quick fixes and going to the Mayo Clinic called Jesus. Going to him. Believe what he says. When I first moved back to Orangeburg, um, I was trying to get to know people in the community, and one of the things I did was go to a barber shop uh, right down on the railroad corner. And this was, I have to admit, this was my first time going to a black barber, okay? I was used to going to the barber shops like Great Clips. Anybody ever ad- want to admit they've been to Great Clips? Am I the only one? Okay, thank you. <laughs> Great Clips is where you walk in and you pay your $15 or whatever. And they give you a haircut in like 10 minutes, and you're out. I mean, for me at least, and I, y'all can see I don't have a lot of hair. But it's, it's quick, it's fast, it's an exchange. That's not what the black barbershop is about. The black barbershop is an experience of excellence. It is an experience of excellence. And I, as, as a you know, white, white dude, going in there, got to experience something for, for the first time uh, like six or seven years ago. Okay, I got to experience a, a, a warm towel being used. I got to experience uh, a barber who took time to get out a straight razor and do lines on my beard and lines on my hairline. Never had, had that before. Never had experienced that before. And it was not just 10 minutes. I mean, it lasted a, long, a good long time. And I waited for a good long time because it was about more than the haircut. It was about the experience. It was about experiencing excellence, and I know some of you have experienced that in a barbershop or in a salon. You want to see what my haircut looked like? 
So I need to go back to that, y'all think? We'll vote. We'll vote later. We'll vote later. We'll, we'll vote later. All right, take it off of that picture. Take it off that picture. It's my embarrassing moment for the day. All right. I tell you what, when that barber pulled out that straight razor, it was a moment of trust for me, I'll be honest. Right? I mean, I'm a white dude, and this, you know, I mean, I'm, not, I'm like, I'm like, what movies has he, has he been watching Tarantino movies? Like, what? <laughs> but it was a moment of trust, and it always is, right? If somebody's bringing a razor to you, it doesn't matter. Take away the racial dynamics, okay? It's still trust, right? <laughs> You're trusting them not to nick you or cut you. But I trusted that barber who I had gotten to know, and he did excellent work, right? Uh, excellent work. Not only do we go to Jesus, not only do we ask for help, but we believe what he says. Even when it doesn't fit your agenda. You know, I mean, God doesn't always give us a word that we're practicing. Sometimes he gives us a word of repentance, where we have to turn away from practices and things that are in our lives that are dishonoring to God. But they might make life more difficult to turn away from them. You know, like the thief who's been stealing to, to make ends meet, to put food on the table. When he comes to Christ, Jesus says, don't steal. And, and that's going to mean a, a, a difficult life change, right? I mean, I'm, I'm being sympathetic. It's going to be a difficult life change for someone who's, who's gotten accustomed to stealing or someone who's gotten accustomed to sleeping with someone who's not their wife to say, Jesus says, this is, not what, this is not the best that I have for you. It, it, it hurts to have to make those changes, right? It hurts to turn away from things that God says turn away from. But how do we do that? We look at Jesus and we see excellence. We look at him and we trust what he says is right and is best for us, even if it doesn't make sense, right? The, the official was saying, come to Capernaum. And Jesus said, your son is going to be fine. Okay. And he hits the road. Number four, connect the dots. Connect the dots. Look with me at verse 51. As he was going down, this is the official... As he was going down, his servants met him and told him that his son was recovering. So he asked them the hour when he began to get better. And they said to him, yesterday at the seventh hour, that's one o'clock in the afternoon, the fever left him. The father knew that was the hour when Jesus had said to him, your son will live. So he's on his way back. The servants are in Capernaum, they experience a miracle, right? And I love that Jesus does this miracle, and the whole crowd, remember the crowd that he was talking to? They don't even get to see it. He does a sign and wonder, but none of them get to see it, because they're just there to, you know, they, they want him to be the king and overthrow the Romans and do this worldly thing that Jesus had, was like, no, that's not, my, that's not my thing. And so Jesus does the sign and wonder, but he does it 20 miles away in Capernaum. I love that. 
And so the servants get to see it. Do you remember the other miracle Jesus did in Cana? What was it? He turned water into... And who got to see that miracle? The servants got to see that miracle. Yes, the blue-collar dude with the dirty work clothes on gets to see the miracle. That's Jesus. That's excellence. That's who he is. He is not... He's, he's talking to a royal official... But the royal official doesn't get to see the miracle. His servants get to see the miracle. That's the God we serve. That's the God we love. That's the God who prioritizes what is considered weak over what is considered powerful. But this this official, when he's on his way back, he sees his servants coming toward him. And I want you to imagine the worst. Because isn't that what you would do? That's what I would do. I would imagine the worst. If, I, if, I'm, if I'm heading back and it's taken me longer than I expected, and now it's the next day, and, and there's these, oh, these are my servants. Oh, they're coming toward me. Oh, God. Oh, God, he must have died. That must have been his thought. But as they get closer, as they're coming closer, he sees their expression on their face. And he's like, Okay, well, what happened? It must be good news. And they come and they say, he's alive, he's alive, he's alive. Yesterday, like, the fever left him. And then he says, what time did the fever leave? Right, because he's, what's he doing? He's connecting the dots. He's connecting the dots to Jesus, to the excellence of God. And he's connecting the dots by saying, what time was it? And they said it was the seventh hour. See, in those days, they counted the time from sunrise. So 6 o'clock, 7th hour, 1 o'clock, okay? So it was about 1 o'clock in the afternoon when the fever left him. And, he sa- and it says that he knew. It says he knew that that was the hour that Jesus said to him, Go, your son will live. Hallelujah. It was at that moment. He connects the dots in his head. He connects the dots one of the things that, one of the spiritual practices that I've been working on for years is journaling. Anybody else like to journal? A couple of people? Most of you don't. That's okay. It's weird. I get it. But journaling, okay? What's journaling? It's where you get a book or maybe you take a note in your phone and you write down the things that are happening today. Or you write down a prayer. I love to write prayers. Or something I've gotten out of the scripture. Like if I'm reading the scripture, I'll write down some notes about it. And I've been journaling since I was in high school, okay? I know, I know, I know. Dorky, what's the word? Not dorky, geeky? I'm not geeky, though. Anyway, I journal, okay? But one of the cool things about journaling is that I can go back. I can go back and I can look at some things. And one thing that that my wife and I do, Laurie and I, we write biggles and smoggles every year. What What are those? What are biggles and smoggles? Big goals and small goals. Okay, a small goal is like eat pizza. That's an easy one. You can check that one off easily. A big goal is plant a church that's cross-cultural. In 2015, I wrote in my journal a big goal, plant a church that's cross-cultural. And so today when I look at you (laughs) and I see what God has done, I can connect the dots, right? all the way back to what, to what God did when I asked him to, 
when I asked God, do this thing, bring a church to Orangeburg that would be able to represent Orangeburg. Not just one group of people, but to represent all of Orangeburg. And if God didn't do that, if God isn't doing that right now, isn't that a beautiful thing? And, but, but the fact is, I get to go back and connect the dots. I get to go back and look at what God, what I asked God to do, you know, six years ago, and then he's doing today. And that's exactly what the official does. He connects the dots. He connects the dots back to Jesus so that he can say, God did it. God did it. And we need to practice that. It doesn't mean you need to journal. But what it does mean is you need to take time to reflect. Take time to think back and to draw the dots and say, you know what? God did that. You know what? I prayed about this. And God did it. Connect the dots. Go to Jesus. Ask for help. Believe what he says. Connect the dots. And then the last point here briefly is give praise. Look at the last couple of verses here. Verses 53 and 54. The Father knew that was the hour when Jesus had said to him, your son will live. <laughs> I just saw something in the text I didn't see before. He's called the official at the beginning, and now he's called the father. He goes from being some random Roman official, some bureaucrat, and now he's the father. God, person God personalizes us. This is another sermon. <laughs> but God personalizes us. He takes us from being what the world wants us to be, just some meaningless human being, some blob of chemistry set. And he says, you are not a chemistry set. You are a person. You have value and worth. I love that. He goes from being the official to the father. Praise God. The father knew that was the hour when Jesus said to him, your son will live, and he himself believed in all his household. This was now the second sign that Jesus did when he had come from Judea to Galilee. When Jesus first said to him, go, your son will live, the, the text tells us that he believed the day before. But when his workers came and when they said he lives and when he said what time and, and he said the seventh hour then it says he himself believed in other words he really believed now when he saw it when he experienced excellence when he experienced God's excellence for himself that's when his faith was sealed that's when he really really believed when he connected the dots now he can give praise to God he could give praise to God, but he could see Jesus' excellence. Like that, like that beautiful sky, like the, the Mayo Clinic, like, like the barbershop. He can see the excellence, and he gives praise. Back on our 10th wedding anniversary, um, which now was almost 10 years ago, believe it or not, uh, Laurie and I got to go on a trip to New York, uh, Manhattan. And I know. And we haven't been back since. But 
<laughs> Back then it was really, it was great. And we went to New York, and one of the things we wanted to do was go and see a Broadway show. And we ended up seeing two Broadway shows. I wish we had seen five, but we only, you know, we had a budget. So um, we went to two Broadway shows. And y'all, up to that point, I had only seen like local theater. I had only experienced musicals and plays on the local level or at the collegiate level. Broadway, I can't even describe to you how excellent Broadway was. I mean, there was a live orchestra. There was energy in the room. Do you remember that? There was energy in the room that I can't explain. And it was like everyone experiencing a, a sunrise all at the same moment. Because everything was so beautiful. Every, the, the set design, the singing was just, you know, everyone was on pitch. It was, it was incredible. The performances were, I mean, it's the best in the world, right? It's Broadway. And at the end of the, at the end of the musical, the crowd began to clap and stomp their feet and clap and stomp their feet together in this unison applause. It was unlike anything I've ever experienced. The applause. Because when we experience something so excellent, it is the human response to praise. It is the human response to respond to it in joyful praise and to give praise for whatever it is. And that, that's what praise is, y'all. That's why we worship every Sunday, to think about God's excellence. To think about Jesus and His excellence, His humanity, and how He embodied God's attributes in a human life. And we think about that, and we see how beautiful He is, and we see how excellent it, He is. It, it causes our hearts to stir within it, us. It ought to. It ought to cause our hearts to stir within us. And I'll be honest with you, it doesn't always for me. I'm not going to get up here and fake it till I make it. Okay, because sometimes it's just tough. Sometimes I'm still struggling with stuff. And the faith is not there and the experience is not there. And God wants to say to you, oh, that's okay. This is a process, right? It wasn't just the fifth step, praise Him. It was five steps. Go to Jesus. Ask Him for help. Are you struggling? Do you feel dead on the inside? Are you at your wit's end? Ask him for help. Believe what he says. Turn from your sin. Turn to him. Connect the dots to what God's doing in your life. Connect the dots and give him praise for everything that he's done, for everything that he's doing in your life. Give him praise. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for your excellence. Lord, we thank you that uh, we do get glimpses of it here and now. We do get glimpses of it in the creation and in business and in entertainment and in medicine. We get glimpses of your excellence. When we get that A plus on the report card, whenever that maybe happens, we get a, a glimpse of our own ability to, to be excellent. And yet, Lord, so much of the time we live in the frustration of not having it and of seeking it. But God, we confess we seek it in all the wrong places.
And so, Lord, I pray for each person here today, including me, that we would seek excellence in the source. That we would look for you and we would recognize your excellence. We would go to you and ask for help. We would believe what your word says is true. We would connect the dots back to what you've done. And we would give praise to you in everything. And we would do that together. Lord, I pray that this room would be filled with true worshipers. God, do that work in us. It's in the excellent name of Jesus that we pray. Amen.